Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Wednesday afternoon, a treat for the sickos as we are welcomed in studio by Princeton wide receivers coach, Brian Flynn coach. What a treat. How are you? Pleasure to be here. Merry Christmas. Same to you. How's everything going? Great. Great. Now you will notice uh, that we are absent the third seat over here. Zach Berman, a longstanding rivalry between the two of you, um, has never been late for a show before has decided that he would rather be in the locker room uh, talking to A.J. Brown if he can. He's going to show up a few minutes late. Now, the truth is that that's fine, but we're going to play into that when he shows up late. I mean, the fact that you guys have been going back and forth nonstop for, I don't know, like five years now. Yeah, uh, at least part, better part of a decade, I think. He's just thumbing his nose at you. I, uh, the disrespect. I thought we had buried the hatchet on Christmas <laughs> Eve. Uh, but this is just yeah, great. He had his nice, he had his nice Yoshivas tweet. He did. Yossi Vosh. Yes, yes. Uh, but apparently he, he decided that he wanted to, to dip back into the uh, the tumble with you. So yeah. he's going to be very apologetic when he gets here. But uh, I, want you to, I want you to harbor uh, none of that. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the Eagles offense, Coach. And, you know, we talked about some of the vibe stuff yesterday with Zach. I want to get your thoughts on that, too. Sure. Like how, how common that is with, you know, wide receivers wanting the ball and, and coaches and players, you know, sort of spatting back and forth in mid-game. But first on the offense – the, the charge that uh, it is too predictable. And, you know, there's the, the Christian McCaffrey uh, calling the play on uh, the Manning cast the other day. You know, they come out of the two-minute warning on third and long this week, and I, you know, I tweet, like, uh, here comes, like, let's open up the wide receiver screen playbook, and you know, obviously here comes the wide receiver screen. Like, right. there are times when it feels like we know what's coming. But they also have so many talented players. Maybe there's a case to not overcomplicating things. What is sort of your general take on what's going on with the Eagles' offense these days? Yeah, I feel like the vibes in here right now are immaculate because we have the same hoodie on. You know, I think that's yeah, man, really – Look at this. You can tell on YouTube yeah, that it's, like, it's through the roof. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the predictability element of it, I think there's some truth to it. I think there's a decent amount of truth to it. The McCaffrey thing's a little overblown. 
because anytime you see a tight end lined up deep, you can say, oh, that guy's going to pull. Right. You know, so I think he, McCaffrey knows the run game. He's he's astute, especially with that stuff, man scheme stuff that they run. So, okay, he figured that out. Okay. Uh, are, are there elements of what they're doing that we've seen a lot the past couple of years? For sure. And it's a, the temptation, I think, is when you've had success, we're going to do what we do and what we hang our hat on. I think. And Nick said as much last week. You know, he's, he says, like, the offense is the same as it was last year. And, like, well... Maybe that's like a little bit of the problem. Yeah, in but. the NFL, I think it's super hard because they're just so good at tendencies and their staffs are so big and the quality control and the scouting. If you're doing the same stuff out of the same sets, they're going to know it. You know, and I think that's a little bit of what they run into. Now, when you're so good up front, you, you want to lean on those guys and say, hey, listen, it doesn't matter what they're doing defensively. But I think they haven't run the ball near as effectively. And I think that's been, again, that makes you look predictable. And do you think that that is more... The structure of the offense, like the the you know Monday to Saturday planning, or is that like the actual game day play calling that is that is too predictable? I think when the one thing I remember a little more last year, and I struggle to say this because almost every single snap of what I watched Eagles do this year is on television, mm-hmm. so I haven't seen the all twenty two. I don't. I got It's almost a caveat I got to put in there, but you see a lot less like double moves off the screens or shot plays off the stuff that's getting blown up early. Right. And you see a lot less. And I, again, I don't remember a ton of stuff in between the numbers last year in the past game, but it feels like there's hardly anything in between the numbers in the past game. Right it does now. sort of feel like yeah, it's, I mean, you know, we had, it, it took until the second half to get AJ Brown on that, that in breaking right. route uh, against whoever they played on, on Monday, uh, the giants. And then, Devonte has the long touchdown, which is, I mean, they did, they were very productive on offense against the Giants, but over the course of the season, it does feel like there are a lot of jump balls down the sideline, like let's send these guys uh, in one-on-one situations. I'm not smart enough to say like, this is what you should do to get these guys more open, but you know, it does feel like when you watch the Eagles offense versus when you watch some other offenses, guys are running a little bit more free elsewhere. If The other thing too, I think when you, when you watch last year opposed to this year, they hit so many of the deep shot, which is almost always the first part of the read. Mm. So if I'm the quarterback, I'm going to yes, no, A.J. Brown. If he's by himself, I'm going to throw it. And so there's a lot of trust in that because sure. they hit so much of it last year that you may not be getting to the other parts that are on the other side or the intermediate stuff. So, I mean, I, I get that, but I also think there's a way early in the game to get it scripted where, hey, let's do some shorter stuff. Let's do some stuff that's not either a go or a stop outside the numbers. Uh, and and get those guys involved a little bit easier earlier in the game. Okay, that makes sense. Um, one thing I, uh, along those lines that I want to ask you about is the Eagles have one of the few things that they have struggled with over the course of the season is is against the blitz, right? And the regular, like a five man rush, they they do okay. Like against all blitz, they are sixth in the league in success rate and fifteenth in EPA per dropback. But when you look at it as six or more pass rushers. The big blitz, which you know they saw a good amount last week against the Giants, they get blitzed with six or more rushers more than any other team in the league. Like that is what teams are trying to do against them, and they are not good at it. They are 26th in the league in success rate, 29th in EPA per dropback when blitzed with with six or more guys. What are like some generally speaking like uh, day one offense? type answers to those things and right. what are the things that they are maybe not doing well enough yeah i think if you look at the general philosophy so i went i went to catholic school for 13 years and i can probably in those 13 years remember like two scripture passages <laughs> okay but one of them is the wages of sin is death 
And so every year in our room, we play a cover zero team. The first thing we say is, right, the wages of cover zero is death. Like if they're going to line up and say, my safety and cover number two on this side, this safety and cover, we have to throw the ball down the field. It has to be a touchdown. Okay. Now, I think there's ways to do it that are a little bit higher percent or more higher percentage than others. Because it feels like all we see is those, is those quick throws to the outside. Right. And I think you can get, and I, again, without having watched the All-22, I'm not sure what their zero answers sure. are. Uh, but there's stuff, whether it's an in-breaking round on a post, whether it's number three running a corner, where there's all kind of green grass to work. You know, I, everybody has their answers. It's usually some type of screen, some type of run every week, and some type of max protection drawback pass. And especially last week, it felt like they lined up in empty twice in a row. They do. Yeah, they just go empty. So, in the yeah. low red. And, it, and empty, what you're saying is that six guy is free and he's going to be in your face fast. So that ball has to come out quick. So it gets rid of, you know, a five-step quick post. It gets rid of a corner out. So and then they could just kind of sit on all your underneath stuff. So and it was part of that that drive at the end of the first half. That's why Jalen takes that sack. Cause I think they sent six and exactly they had, right. an empty. Yeah. So I'm not. I, you know, obviously, if you're last in in EPA or DVOA against all that stuff, you're not good at it. But I think you're. What's happening is they haven't hit a bunch of explosive plays off. So you're just going to get more and more of it. You're going to get a steady diet of it the rest of the year. And so to you, is that like okay? Let's let's bring the back in, uh, let's, let's max protect. What, what's more, like, what would be more tempting to you? Yeah, to me, I think you have to max protect, at least block six of them, and, and then get either A.J. Brown or Devontae in the slot, like get a matchup against a safety. You know, the problem is if you're always into the boundary, you're against the number one corner, mm. which in the Ivy League isn't that big of a deal, but in the NFL, it's a big deal. Like that guy, right. those, a lot of those guys can't shut you out. Uh, the other thing it does is if you move them around, in man coverage, they have to make a decision. All right, is that corner going to travel? Is the nickel going to cover that guy in the slot? You know, so there's stuff you can do to move them around. Again, without having watched all 22, I'm not sure how much of that they're doing. Sure. Okay. Um, I think you know. I think I kind of maybe hear Zach Berman. Is that? I don't know if he's coming in. We'll see. Uh, just how rude he's going to be. We're already nine minutes into the show. How how rude he's going to be to you? But uh, we will, we will find out on that front. Um, let's 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 dive into the like the AJ Brown. Body language stuff. Sure. Um, I to me, I am not worried about AJ Brown from that standpoint because you know you know wide receivers. Wide receivers want the ball. He's going to want the ball if he gets it twelve times. He's going to want it fifteen times, right? Um, but there's also probably an art to keeping him happy, and you know only giving him one target in the first half against the Giants is is maybe leading to some of that stuff. Like, how volatile do you uh, have to handle? Like guys in your room about sort of target disparity. Yeah, I mean volatile. I think is is probably a bit much for us. Like our, my my guys are as low maintenance as it gets at a position. Okay. But yeah, for twenty five years I've had to do it. Like that's part of the job. Right. And if if they're any good, they want the ball. So and is there such thing as enough targets and catches? Probably not. You know, if I got thirteen, I want fifteen. Right. Like so that's no, I wouldn't be concerned at all about that. I mean if. You should be concerned if he's not ha- if he if he's happy with one target in the first half or one catch in the first half. Right. You know that's that's what makes that guy who he is. Um, you know the the vibes deal is offensively. If you're playing good, the vibes will be good. Yeah. You know whether you have a basketball hoop in the meeting room or you're playing Christmas music, like all that stuff. Right. It helps. Like it's not a miserable environment and we're having some fun and competing and all that. But like we we have to score points. Like that's what ultimately makes you happy on offense right you know the other stuff is, is is great and you should do it and you should make the environment as positive as you can and and you know no matter even if you're winning or losing i get all that but it, it what helps is is playing well yeah i mean there's no doubt about that but 
even when they're playing well in this game, they're coming off the three losses. There's there's the the chirping back and forth, like with Hassan Redick uh, and the guys on the sideline. How often is that stuff happening in in your experience? Like, a, a lot, yeah, a lot. I mean, I was thinking about this on the way in down. a healthy way, or right. Yeah. And even like I have, so I've been coaching for 25 years. I've been fired by the head coach during the game at least a dozen times. <laughs> and I'm a pretty laid back guy during the game. You know what I mean? Like I get been out of shape here and there, but. Like, I've been told to leave the field. You know, like, you're fired, get off the field. Like, it's the second quarter with four minutes left. <laughs> like, people, people say things, and, right. and the next day they're forgotten to an extent. You know, I think there's a line that you don't sure. cross. But especially at that juncture in the game where it's, the you know, there's 30 seconds left. You know, it's fourth down, whatever. We, I don't know if that was before or after the mm-hmm. timeout. Like it, it, it's, I think, yeah, it was started during the timeout and then continued. Yeah. Yeah, the stakes are high. And if you're the head coach and you see somebody coming off that you want in the game, like you're, you're probably going to black out. And, and, and I, again, I don't think anything that he did there was over the line or, or sure. not unlike what you see every week, you know. So I, I'm, that happens a lot. Yeah, if, if people were truly mic'd up in the games and you heard everything, it would not be great. You know, there would there'd be some... I thought he got, he got fired again. Like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah, there's always the stories of, like, the people who put the mic up together, like, all the things that like, no you would not you actually put out there. Yeah, Are you, like, a, do you, in your room, do you care about body language? I mean, we address it, but, I, like, also, there, you know, I, mean, I think it's overdone. Like, I think a lot of coaches think they're, like, these experts in reading body language because they read, you know, an article, article in Psychology Today six months ago. Like, right. I don't think you, sure, like, slump shoulders, if I look like a soup sandwich over here, that's bad, but, like, Another question from Bo. This is terrible. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got that. Okay, right. But but the flip side of it is like you can read too much into it. Like, and I think you need to address it. Like, like almost any other mistake, you address it. But ninety nine times out of hundred, player goes, "I got you, coach," and then you keep it moving. You know, I think if you dwell too much on it, you know, oh look at the Phoenix Suns body language. It's an NBA game in December. You know, I mean, let's don't read too much into it. Um, so I, I think it's overblown. I do. And then what about the like the target disparity with? Devonte and AJ Brown. You, let, you know, let's say you've got a, a Yoshi Voss and a Classy, right? Uh, and they both want the ball. How how cognizant do like do you have to be about that? Does the quarterback have to be about that in terms of like he needs to make sure that everybody's staying happy? I think that it's more on the coaching staff than the quarterback. Like I think when you're assembling the game plan, you say, okay, we're putting this guy in this position for these plays and this guy for these plays, and then you kind of, especially when you have two guys, you try to balance it out as best you can. The quarterback has to read what the defense is doing. You know, again, receivers is different. Like you, you, the running back, you just turn the hand on the ball. Right. The linemen don't care if they get the ball. The quarterback gets the ball snapped to them. Tight ends are usually just happy to be there. You know, with the exception of the really great ones. So, receiver, you're dependent on the defensive look. You're dependent on the pass protection. You're dependent on an accurate throw from the quarterback. The the, the quarterback can't deviate and just force balls in there. You know? Sure. But I think it's it's the onus of that goes on to the coaching staff of evening out the targets letting everybody do what they do best, putting easy stuff in there for everybody. You know, again, A.J. Brown is so good at the high degree of difficulty stuff that it's easy to lean on that, but I think you've got to find other ways when it's not working to make sure he doesn't feel like he's standing out there by himself. Sure. Well, speaking of easy money, I'm going to tell you about rocket money, Coach, because rocket money is uh, something that I use to save myself money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with just one tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They will even get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. 
All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. And if you save that money, you could spend some of that money at FOCO. Because FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, collectibles, toys, novelty items, and more. It is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. They've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked up PHLY and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. Uh, another little like offensive philosophy I want to ask you about, Coach Flynn. We've talked about this with uh, with Deniz last week. The uh, like the red zone run rate for the Eagles. The fact that they like will run on like third and medium, third and long in the red zone because it's it feels like they're trying to get to the tush push, get right. to the brotherly shove. Like, are you okay with that? No, but I'm not, I'm never okay with any run rate. You okay, know? So, I mean that's that's I'm a little biased. You're a passing way. man. But we, we've had some of the same struggles scoring touchdowns in the red zone. I think instinctually you feel like you can get in the red zone and just bash people over the head and hand the ball off and score. But we've watched a bunch of people do it. Like the best the offenses in the country we studied because we were so bad at it. We watched Alabama. Well, well, well. Teams like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Come on in, Zach. Take a seat. 16 minutes late no, for Coach okay. Flynn. Not late. The guy. Not late. As someone no who covered, respect. As someone who covered and respects Tom Coughlin, I don't believe in being late, although Disney on Ice tried its best. No, I was well, if working it's that locker room. Well, time, then you're like 21 I was working late. that locker room. Great to see Coach Flynn. Great to see you. Had the chance to see his, his, his son as I walked in. Shook That's his hand. Awesome. Nice handshake. Respect anyone who... Has a summer job so we can get playoff tickets for baseball. That True. to me is like that's good parenting. That's 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 good. That like that's a good way to be right there. I respect that. Nice to see you too. Yeah, Bill. I mean Austin was here on time. That's... Yeah, I was doing my job. Okay, I, I but, do respect the coming in hat in hand though. You know what I mean? Yes, He's yeah. doing his best. Uh, all right. Well, let, let's let you finish what you were talking about before we get to uh, lazy pants over here. Um, the, the offenses that you've looked at, uh, you were talking about. They, like, they come yeah. up with easy ways in the red zone to score touchdowns. A lot of those are short throws, jet sweeps, crossers. Like it, you're just you're outnumbered in the run game so much that you're, you're never going to just hand the ball off and walk in. You know what I mean? Like it's, sure. I think that's a, a, a crutch a lot of guys lean on, and they're afraid to throw the ball in the low red zone because bad stuff can happen. But like if you look at the really good teams, they're just like, again, the, the Dolphins the other night against the Cowboys, right? They run – Three guys to a side, they move the running back. All three guys pick for the running back, and he runs in the flat for Tua for an easy touchdown. Like, that's that's helping your quarterback out. That's taking the freebies when the defense gives it to you. You know, again, you don't have to always resort to being bigger and stronger and shoving people into the end zone. And so how much does the, you know, lack of motion for the Eagles sort of like leaving, leaving free money off the table? I mean, I think it helps the quarterback just figure out what the defense is doing. You know, like you, you can create a bunch of busts, which is you, you remember that from the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, especially teams that are man coverage teams, but you, it lets the quarterback see what's going on. 
So if nobody moves its zone, if somebody goes with the motion guy, it's man, you know, right. even something just that small down there could make a big difference. Yeah. And I, I also think like the, the third, fourth down stuff, like last year, I think it was a real advantage for them to know that they were a four down team and they could play the series that way. This year, I think the fact that other teams know that they're doing it that way means that like those runs on third and six are not as effective because before other teams would have been thinking there, there's no way they're going to run here. Now that like the book is out on them. Yeah, and, analytically that yeah. was a that was a thing early on where third and long might be your best run structure if you know you're going on fourth down. Right. Like if you know you're green, if you know okay we're not we're not punting here, we're not kicking the field goal here. But if the look isn't good, you sure. Know, I don't. If you're getting man pressure or zero pressure, there's not very many good runs into it, and you're going to be outnumbered every time. So yeah, I think that's that's something that analytically was on one end of it that I think a lot of defenses have caught up with. All right, let's uh, let's turn our attention to the Stone Cold Newsman. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saunter in here. Saunter. Uh, late. Uh, mm -hmm. tell us, tell us why. What, what did you learn in the Eagles locker room? I was in the locker room today. AJ Brown declined to speak today. Again. Hopefully, uh, we catch up with him tomorrow. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think he's probably letting his emotions cool down. It's been 48 hours. <laughs> that it has. Uh, had a chance to speak to a number of different players. Reed Blankenship, Avante Maddox, Brandon Graham, Jordan Mailata, who I have a piece coming out uh, in the next few hours, presumably. Maybe I'll hold it for tomorrow morning. But in the next few hours on his White House visit, uh, which I spoke to him about last week and followed up with him about today. Uh, and it was interesting to hear. He actually, he didn't just sing in the White House. Jordan Mailata had 45 minutes in the Oval Office with the with the president and, and Dr. Joe Biden, really? So yeah, so uh, that the, you can find that all on allphly.com. Frisky, they <laughs> had a conversation. Um, Who knows what know. happened behind closed doors? I don't know. I don't know what you're intimating there. Um, but uh, in any event, did you ask him about his like foreign policy opinions? No, you know what I did though. I I asked him as. Like, we've covered during these past five years how surreal his life is. You know, uh, can he imagine, like, mm -hmm. this this kid growing up in Australia, and now he's in the Oval Office talking to the President of the United States? And he, he like, can't get over it. He said just playing in the NFL is, like, beyond. If you had told him this, you know, a few years ago, he he, he would have walked away. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was it was nice catching up with him. Matt Patricia spoke. Um, about some of the concepts we spoke about with Fletcher Cox, about uh, he did a great Belichick impression, if you will, in that he was asked about Kyler Murray, and he went on to talk about their entire offense, right, like out, out, outlining all these different players they have. Spoke to a few players. Talk about Greg Dortch? He did not. The Wake Forest and Richmond, Virginia native, he, he, he did not. Well, nice touchdown last Greg Dortch. Didn't do a good job. Nice touchdown. Greg Dortch is actually a part of the All-City Network family. So shout out, yeah! Shout out to our our our, our go Deeks. yeah, our friends Small at, hands, at PHNX. Um, that's all relative too. Uh, and then you know, there's there's a, a lot we can talk about. But I got in the car, uh, I ran from the locker room to get down to the car. Wait, yeah. so hold on, yeah, uh, you know, you're gonna be 20 minutes late. You didn't even get to talk to AJ Brown or Hassan Reddick. All you did was was follow up with Jordan Mailata and so, sit in on the press conference that you could have watched online. If if I was sitting in this studio, 
Okay, and AJ Brown gave the press conference of the year or the we probably scrum would have of the seen year. Video of it. You would never let me. We probably would have seen down. a video of it. You would never let me live that down. Yeah, but that's plus, that's, that is my. Plus, that's I, what I, I get to do. I I knew we had Coach Flynn here. Okay, and frankly, and you and I got to be honest with you. Along and I, famously, no, okay. this is you I listened, again. I listened to the top of the show. Umbridge in his I, direction. I listened to the top of the show in the car, and <laughs> everything that Coach Flynn was saying is more valuable than you like uh, ridiculing me here. Number one, <laughs> I mean, I, got, but, I have to own part of it. Like, I didn't get your sweatshirt. I mean, it's clearly a point of contention. You got a hat got that my hat. son wore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he has I got to do better, though. I got to do better no, than a hat. No, he has a thank you note for you. And uh, <laughs> My son's never written anybody a thank you note. <laughs> I promise you that. Um, and uh, I, I, for the audience that's, that's new here, first off, we have to establish that, that Coach Flynn, a longtime guest of ours, but we're growing this audience here at PHLY, uh, is an accomplished wide receivers coach. Princeton University used to work at Villanova University, so very familiar with the Philly area, although Princeton is kind of within the Philly area, uh, and went to Mountain Union, uh, so played for the great Larry Karras and knows the Sirianni family well, so is a, is a very special guest for us in addition to his insight. And then I want to, this, this beef that Bo keeps talking about is A, it's manufactured by beef, by Bo, which is... I mean, uh, the facts speak for themselves I on give, this front. I give Bo credit because... First time you've ever been late for a show. Bo is, is an entertainer, and he does a great <laughs> job kind of creating this, 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 this friction, but I respect Coach Flynn, and I want some of this like Princeton charm to rub off on me here. It's been the year of Princeton. Great basketball season. The two general managers in the World Series, Princeton baseball alums, right? Princeton beat Penn in football this year by a touchdown. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Penn had the late charge. I believe you've, uh, ne you've never lost at Franklin Field? Uh, right? At Franklin Field, I'm undefeated, yeah. They did beat us in 22, uh, which I don't want to talk about. But <laughs> Franklin Field, which is... They just painted it for the first time since Chuck Benerick was playing for the Eagles, so that's exciting. It's I'm like sure the Robert that. Wolf, uh, like scoreboard or something like that. Yes, it is. It is. That's exactly is, right. Yeah. With the U. F yeah. After Bo Wolf here. Yeah, it's yes. named after me. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So, but I I enjoyed the conversation about in particular the zero blitz, the Catholic school education there. Um, if I'm a Princeton wide receiver, that's like ingrained in my mind now. When they, when I see zero, you know, make them pay for their sins. All right. there's, there's a Chip Kelly expression too, but I stayed away from the, that one. I would nothing wrong. Not, Chip Kelly not be well received. I'm Chip Kelly's solving it. college football right now. So well, they're not taking his advice, but I did like his. I did like his take. Spot on. What was the uh, What was the reaction in the Flynn household to the uh, Yoshi Boss tweet? From yeah, Zach so on, it's it is Christmas funny because Eve. there there's like the the closer circle of my family, which is essentially people that are my roof, know you two guys well and appreciate everything you did. But like my my relatives. You know, like in Ohio and like the extended. <laughs> my mother does as well. My mother's Zach. Uh, you're here. This is all about your, your reach here. Yeah. So the, like my other relatives were like, man, wow, this random journalist is just <laughs> shouting you out because of how good Andre's playing. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. But it's yeah, also true. It. I it mean, is he, true. Every week, he's on. He's doing something that's there. Like, have been texts to Bo Shiel in the past. Heads up play by Yoshivas. Heads uh, up. Play. And so it's happening every week. Yeah. And I'm saying I'm not. I'm not trying to like uh, flex here, but whatever reach I, 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 I do have, these are just facts. I'm, it's, it's, it's worth pointing this out that this guy's well coached, right? Like he's, yeah, when, when you're making plays on the onside's kick a few weeks ago, yeah. um, jumping on the loose ball, like just heads up all, this, he is well coached. Now, as I always say, the, first, the, the credit always goes to the player first, right? Not to take away from Coach Flynn. But there is someone in the, in in that room for four or five years coaching him up. 
Now, I would tell the scouts this, too. His biggest jump was during COVID when I didn't see him for 12 months. <laughs> you know, like that's, I mean, Andre's, he, he, he didn't need a whole lot of coaching. I mean, that's pretty easy. It's been pretty fun to watch, though. Oh, it's been a blast. And he's such a good person. I mean, they, they do play the Eagles next year, I think, but I don't think it's home. I think it's No, it's there. in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. But he's, he's a great interview. I mean, he'll, he'd be awesome. Love that. Uh, you had a coach, you had a, uh, I think for Zach, a, a Joe Flacco, Tommy DeVito nugget. So the two best people I've ever seen throw a football in person okay. were Joe Flacco when I played at Villanova, we played Delaware. Mm. And then the Tommy DeVito story is he was a sophomore in high school and I was at Rutgers camp and he was just launching bombs in one-on-ones to a guy named Shenga Hodge who ended up being a great receiver for us at Villanova. To the point where we offered Shenga because he caught like 35 touchdowns in one-on-ones because he was very fast and he was great at adjusting the deep ball. And Tommy DeVito was just throwing ropes. So I've, I've known about Tommy DeVito for, I like that. I First. guess, probably six or seven years. And then I, I recruited North Jersey for a while when I was at Villanova. So I, I am, I, I was, I'm a fan of Tommy DeVito. A couple, well, class, Dylan Classy is a North Jersey guy who played for us and he knows everybody up there. So he's, okay. it, I get a ton of Tommy DeVito stories from him, but it, there was a little, a lot of people were hurt when he got pulled in the second or early in the second half last week. I mean, this just continues the rivalry because all Zach's been doing is crushing the guy for his Syracuse career. I'm not crushing him, but he took over a team that went ten and three, and they didn't they, <laughs> they didn't continue that success. It's it's not all on the quarterback, but I think I think Tommy DeVito would tell you his Syracuse career did not go the way he was expected. He was like Coach Flynn said, he was this this big recruit from Jersey, right? If you're getting a quarterback, because the guy who preceded him was like from Oregon, okay. Um, and not to take anything away from that, but like in, in Syracuse, All you're getting, now you're against people from Oregon. No, you're getting a quarterback from Jersey, like named Tommy DeVito. That's, that's playing right into the Syracuse audience right there. Right. They're going to enjoy that. And, uh, he, it, it, it did not go well. Fortunately for Syracuse, they got Kyle McCord coming now. So, uh, Fran Brown, as I said, is fulfilling my dream of putting an all Philly team together. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a couple uh, things from our conversations yesterday that, that you wanted to, to tap in on, Coach. Let's start with the uh, – you were there, as you said, uh, over text on Christmas in 2017, that Raiders game when they looked so bad. Contrasting that with the team uh, coming off that, with the win over the Giants, you're, uh, you're more on Zach's side here. I am, but I, I, I'm, you're still 11-4. and four. You still have good players. Yeah. Your health is trending in a relatively good direction. There are games left to get some of the stuff fixed. Now, again, I, it, the other part of my brain's going, well, you've seen however many games in a row of this, but it, it, you're 11 and four, so it, it's been a lot of good. Uh, and I think that you forget they did beat the Bills and play great. They beat the Cowboys already. They beat the Chiefs. Like, there's a lot more. Like we, we went, we went to that game six years ago on Christmas, and it was lousy. You know, I mean, it was not offensively. They were a yeah. mess. Um, and they were much better on offense. Now, again, different opponents six years later. Uh, you're comparing Christmas to Christmas, but not necessarily uh, apples or oranges. Really, apples or oranges there. But the, I mean, I don't think it's as, it's never as good or bad as you think it is. And I think it's hard to, as a coach, have 11 wins in 15 games against this stretch of teams and be like, oh, man, we're terrible. Now, are we, are we playing as good as we can play? No, but there's time left and there's good players in the building. And it, uh, you've seen teams do it. I mean, they sort of did it then, that year. Now, again, it was with not as good a talent in the building. Uh, so I don't think it's nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. And now, do you ag- agree with the premise I presented, that you'd much rather your problems be uh, 
whether it's like situational football or, um, you know, third downs, you're not getting enough pressure as opposed to a talent issue. hundred percent. Well, any, anything you say in general, I'm going to agree with. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But on that point in particular, for sure. Like I, I just, now I've also been there the past two years where it's hard to get out of the, the rut in the red zone, of not scoring touchdowns. And that ends up costing you. And that could be the case, but you'd much rather have good players who are healthy, have a good quarterback, be good up front on both sides. Now again, it, the D-line has struggled the past couple of weeks, but you still have good players. You know, like it's everything solvable. Now, will you get it solved? Yeah, I don't know that. But I don't feel nearly as, oh, man, this is a disaster. You're first place in the division. Like you can still get the number one seed. Now, are you going to do it to, to be determined? But I just think it's it's way, way negative. Oh, like we won, but do you feel good? Well, you won, so you should feel good. I mean, it's it it's still the NFL. You know, you're still playing good teams. Now, again, the, the Giants aren't necessarily a good team, but – I mean, that like literally the worst team in football coming into that game. Uh, well, not literally. I mean, <laughs> I mean, by DVOA, yes. No, but, 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 but like wins and losses are also a metric that some teams use. There are teams that they're yeah, but they, that, but they that's, the, but that's the whole point is that we are not, it is not just wins and losses. Like, no, but I would argue the worst team in football is the team with the fewest wins in football. Okay, that's fine. If I you don't want think to be that's pedantic, an outrageous uh, but, statement to no, make. It's, yeah, it's not too crazy. No. <laughs> I, I, but I'm, if you're going to cut me off and, and say, and, and, you know, argue <laughs> like, pedantic like over literally by guys, metrics me that measure everybody equally, they are the worst team in football. Okay. Okay? Sorry. And so if Devontae Smith is telling me that he's not happy with that performance, mm-hmm. like why should I be happy with that performance? Well, I think you should be happy, though. That's his reaction. That's a good reaction from a good player. You know, it's like, oh, I got 1,000 yards and we won but I can still play better. I think that's, as a coach, it's like, this is exactly what I want to hear from a good player after the game. Uh, so, right, we, and I think that's obvious. They can't play better, but you still won. Like, you're still sure. in first place. Like, they're still, and, you're, and not I, de- you're not dead. We're of course like not. They're buried, of course not. And, I, and I am trying to now go through the process of, like, tricking myself into being able to evaluate this team on its own merits and divorce everything from last year that is factored in here. But... Like, I still come back to, like, the middle of the season, you want to tell me they're 11-4, and four, we should all be happy. They fired, a co- they fired their coordinator two weeks ago. Like, that, they're not happy. Sure, nor should they be. But it's, it's like Coach Flynn just said. There's a difference between saying, like, we need to get better here and here. You know, we're 11-4, and four, but we need to get better. And, a, and there's a difference between that and saying, this team's unserious, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Right. There's there's uh, I think the Eagles are closer to like I'm I'm giving perspective from speaking to people outside that building who are who are asking, why is there like such unrest in Philadelphia right now? They're 11 and four. Uh, well, yeah, but that's this the conversation thing. came when they were 10 and four. But oh, that's oh, the thing is but, it's not just unrest in the fan base. It's unrest in the building. We know that. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're, they they realize they need to be better. I have been on here day in, day out saying they need to, especially the pass rush. I, I wrote last week that need to be a get-right game for the pass rush. The pass rush did not have a single sack. I heard Matt Patricia again today say, uh, give, uh, give Brian Dable credit. They got rid of the ball quickly. The New York Giants had allowed, at that point, I think 15 more sacks than every team in the NFL. Okay. It's not like all of a sudden they woke up and, and, and been like, let's throw the ball quickly. There's ways Correct. to counteract it. There's, there's ways your cornerbacks can play to get them to run either, you know, uh, 
either disrupt them at the line of scrimmage or alter their routes in such a way that your pass rush gets home. You can get them in obvious passing situations where your pass rush can get home and your pass rushers can win one-on-one matchups. And we spoke about this with Fletcher Cox yesterday. To me, that's the biggest problem right now on the defensive side of the ball is everything looks different when you get a pass rush. When you when when all of a sudden teams are facing second and 18 or they're off the field on third down, that changes everything. Um, so, the, so that's number one. Uh, I, I, I heard Jason Kelsey say something on the radio this, this, this morning where he talked about the penalties that he's personally had in recent weeks. And he said, if you just take away those penalties, like things change in a major way. And I point this out not as, as like defending these, these penalties, but football is the type of game where if one thing changes – there's a whole series of reactions that that occur thereafter, right? So if all of a sudden, uh, instead of being at the goal line and there's a penalty, right, and you know it, you get pushed back, if that's a touchdown, the whole game script is is different. If you have seven points instead of three, and so my my point is, they're really not that far away from you sitting here saying they're eleven and four and they're awesome, in my opinion. Like they, there's things they need to improve. And if they don't improve them, they're going to be out pretty quickly in the postseason. But there are things that they can definitely fix in in two to four weeks. And the reality is they could still be the, the number one seed or the odds are them being the, the two seed, having two home playoff games. And if you said, uh, I mean, I'll defer to the coach here. If you said to any coach, you can have two home playoff games and then you, and then you have a one-game chance at the Super Bowl, anyone would take that. Sure. Yeah, yes. I mean, <laughs> firm yes. That's fine. I think I think both can be right. You know, I think both can be right. I think that's the struggle right now is like if you would walk out in the lobby and ask my son, like, it's over, it's curtains. Yeah. And then if they win Saturday, like they're going to win the Super Bowl. And I think it, you're you're vacillating between those Every two things. Every week is a season, as Zach likes to say. Yeah. yeah. I, it's just that, like, yes, they, they could improve all of these things, but they haven't yet. It, it is it, we're taking it all on spec that this is possibility and we're, we're looking back to last year's team if they can flip the switch to play like last year yeah. and play that cleanly great they haven't done it really in any like two game stretch this season isn't there equity though that, that they've built up but why that's that's what i'm saying is we, we cannot just keep saying like organizationally sure but like this year's team is not last year's team they don't oh this I year's team you. does not have last year's team's equity every year is different Sure, but I, I think your your quarterback has has equity. Your your offensive line has equity. Your top players, if you've done it enough, then I think you can. And these are players who've, who've done it in big games, in big moments, and frankly, they've done it against the best teams they faced this year. I was having a conversation with someone earlier today. Uh, he, he's another reporter. I'm not going to mention a name here, but he was discounting. Uh, always make this so mysterious. Flex. Yeah. Well, no, because I, I don't want to speak for somebody, right? Like, but he was discounting Jonathan Gannon's year last year because Jonathan Gannon didn't face good quarterbacks. Okay, right. and much more talented. Also, facts. Yeah. And, and so, uh, the flip side to that is his team is, I believe, 32nd in defensive DVOA this year. He's not gonna let you finish. I think it's not yeah. right. Yeah, there's no shot. Um, there's just no shot. So, so if so, then there's there's two ways of, of looking at this. Number one, then you either have to give this year's team credit for winning these games against top of the you know against teams at the top of the league: Buffalo, Kansas City, okay, Sean Dallas, Dallas, Miami, Wait, Miami, Miami. Yeah. Yes, 
or you have to take away from from the offense last year because when because it's it's not like you know if a uh, Jonathan Gannon was I mean we don't need to go down that 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 rabbit hole Here we but are. if uh, if AJ Brown puts up big numbers against Tennessee let's say and that's not a top of the league defense then it's similar to getting seventy sacks against quarterbacks who aren't very good. Okay. I'm trying to decide which which way to go. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun show. It's a fun show. The flyers aren't on until 3.30, so we can keep rolling. I like this. Okay. Uh, before we keep rolling, let me tell you about game time. You know about game time. We've been talking about game time since day one, people. Game time, if you're buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. What do they have? What do you think? They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Game Time is the place for last-minute tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, to your point, Zach, I, I, I do think that if I'm being like uh, OP optimist and as, as rosy as I can be, I, I don't have a lot of hope for like the defense turning into a top like you know eight caliber defense but the offense even as like as as many self-inflicted wounds that they have had this year and struggles over the period of time they're still like a a top quartile offense in the league and i i don't think it takes like to the jason kelsey point i don't think it's going to take a lot for them to tweak some things to be an elite offense and if they can do that you know if they can put the right game plan together um and those guys can win those one-on-one matchups yeah they can be the kind of offense that could carry them to a deep playoff run and then you're not asking too much of the defense maybe you get like a lucky turnover here or there uh, that's not crazy and it's not like the the depth of the nfc is, is yes, exactly. superimposing. and if you get two games at home it's certainly possible it's just it's it's uh it's you know it's like shield said about the the chiefs this week right if they had a plan already, we would have seen it. And I, I don't know that we have seen it yet from, from the Seagulls team. Yeah, I just think the difference there, too, like the Chiefs don't have guys mm-hmm. on the outside. Sure. Like, I think that's – I mean, I, I feel pretty good that Andy Reid has a decent plan. Right. But I, I do get what Shield's saying is that it, it, it looked the same for 16 straight weeks or however long it's been. It's not going to change. But the difference is guys. Like, the Eagles have them and the Chiefs don't. You know, and I think that that, that is probably cause for hope for me. Great uh, shot from uh, EV on the chat who says his dad or her dad got tickets to the Christmas game on game time using the sign-up code. I love that. Great, nice. great work. Uh, all right, some other things on your on your list here, Coach. Uh, let's see. Oh, brotherly shove. You got some. You got some takes on the uh, on the shove and the way it's being yeah, officiated. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's it's despicable how it's being officiated. It is ridiculous. It's over officiated. It's the move. The ball penalty was nonsensical. 
they've called the Kelsey for being in the neutral zone when it's somebody else's hand. It's just it's embarrassing. You know, just I mean, they go it, to take sneak, the play out flying. if you want the play out like this. This uh, like make them really, really adjudicated in a different way is like. It's a little bit nonsense. Yeah, it's passive like, aggressive yeah. to me. Just yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna embarrass yourself and try to remove the quarterback sneak, just embarrass yourself and do it. Don't do it in this heavy-handed officiating way. It's comical right now. Now, Kalen Kaler from the Athletic had a, a nugget in, in a story last year saying Kelsey has been known to kind of move the ball a few inches. Is this a common practice? No doubt, okay. especially short yardage, third and one, fourth and one. They all do it. Yeah, it's it's. Can I, I? I don't understand why moving the ball forward makes a difference, because Kelsey's not moving forward. The ball still gets snapped it goes to the backwards. quarterback yes. in the. He's still getting the ball in the same place. I don't really understand. The, the only maybe issue, like the, the the guards can lean their heads forward a little bit. Is that like, the, I, the I only thing it. I've ever thought was that when you move the ball at all as the center, the D line can move, and then it's it, right. it triggers their movement. But yeah, no, they, I don't think they, there's they any have advantage. to be off the line so, of scrimmage a little so bit. So my I guess. understanding, and I could be wrong here, uh, and please correct me, is that a big part of that play is how Jason lines up and the momentum he needs to get to go low. So if he's able to move the ball forward a little, then he can lean oh, a little more forward, yeah, and therefore it just gives him a bit more of an advantage. And that to me, the key, yeah, and it's, okay. it's oh, not, yeah. it's the center of the two guards. Like the shove part of yeah. it doesn't even do it. Yes, yes. The shove's erroneous. <laughs> you know, like it's it's not necessary. It's it, the, the shove comes into play like one every like eight of those. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, I agree agreed. with that. Yeah, and I also like if they take the play away, they will be very good at quarterback sneaks next year. It'll be fine. I like the one in the, in the Browns game this past weekend where Joe Flacco <laughs> just like, uh, I, you know, the, the defense didn't really defend it, and he just kind of crawled for four yards. <laughs> it, was, it was fun to see. And he's six foot six, so he, he can lean forward there quite a bit. Audubon Hardware, good new, uh, new best friend with Michael Dunn. Shout out he's, to He's playing great right now. Michael or Joe? Both. I mean, I haven't fixated on Michael's play, but well, I'm I've always watched, fixated on. Michael's I've watched play. a lot of Joe's play. Uh, I got I, I got a nice uh, a nice Christmas card from the Duns. So shout out to Marissa and Madison and Michael. There you go. Um, Dean Blandino, you want you want you want to talk about the broadcast, uh, the Moose Johnson of it all? Like we we can do better as a nation, can't we? <laughs> than Chris Collinsworth. And I mean, and, I certainly agree. You're getting uh, Joe Davis and Daryl Johnston again this weekend. Are we really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Moose doesn't even really try to hide his disdain for Philadelphia. He just, like, there'll be something going on that the Eagles did well, and he'll be talking, like, the Eagles will gain eight yards. He'll be talking about what a great push-pull move by the three technique. <laughs> like, it's a first down, Moose. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We, we can do better, I feel like. Yeah, there was a play. There was a play. I think it was the long Jalen Hurts throw, like the beautiful throw on third and long, you know, just over the outstretched arm stage. A Brown when the game was in the balance, and he was like talking about the hustle from the D line to get that's down. That's exactly the field. what yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, like, you're like well, you're, you're that's your take here, that man. Yeah. yeah, it's. I, I don't know. We can do better. I feel like as a nation. I mean, I feel like something as needs to be nation. done. Yeah, something needs to be done. <laughs> I'll Jordan get Jordan. Yeah, have Jordan, Jordan talk, talk to Biden. President Biden about yeah. that. Right, it could have been in the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I don't even remember what the note here I have on risk aversion is. What were we, what was that on? I don't, it feels like, it feels like, I don't know. And again, this is, this oh, is like the third and fourth down yeah. stuff where it, it is not, it is not consistent. It is the classic Flynnism of you can't date the analytics. You got to marry it. Yeah, and maybe I'm fixated on the, the Super Bowl punt on fourth and three. Yeah, I still but, am. Yes. Yeah. Which that to me, yes. keep the offense on a field. That's a first down for sure. Or more likely than not, I guess probably a better way to put it, but it, it, it it's not just showing confidence in your players, which is the the 
the vibes for part of it. It's also you're going to get the first down more often than not with who you have. I think they had a third and one this week where they handed it off. Yeah, and didn't and then they it. lost. And it, yeah, yeah it lost the yards. Like, yeah, trust them, man. You have a lot of good players. To Zach's point, they've built up a lot of equity, and it's really it's how they got there last year. You know, so I and put the game in the players' hands. I mean, it's leave that offense on the field for the, just the reasons you talked about defensively. Where they've been banged up, they've struggled. Like you're just you're better off. On the topic of uh, risk aversion, and this wasn't a third and fourth down, but the timeout the other night at the end of the second quarter, uh, which when it happened, I texted Bo and I said the only plausible reason that I can think of for this is that he didn't want to leave the Giants too much time in in case they, they don't convert to first. And Nick actually said yesterday that's what was on his mind and he should have called the timeout earlier, but he said he didn't want to leave the Giants too much time. And to me, that 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 bewilders me because you're operating from the position that you're you're not going to get this. And I would and operate from the position. Scared of Tommy DeVito. I yeah, would operate like, from the position right. like, all right, maybe you score too quickly, right? Because you have to be confident that at that spot on the field, with the way your offense has been playing the whole game, and the way their offense had been playing, yeah. That uh, and I, I I do think Nick I, I do think Nick realizes that, uh, but it is the type of thing that that needs to be automatic. And not just that, what, what, what worries me in terms of that game situation part of it, and this goes to what Coach Flynn was saying about the risk aversion, is that's not a decision you're making in, in real time. That's something you're probably talking about a few plays before. When you get to this, you know, when you get here, when you start using your timeouts. And they clearly did not want to give the Giants any chance to get the ball back. And I think that's a poor way to be thinking in that moment. Yeah, and, I, and I have said before, I, I, I do think that that is Nick's instinct is he wants to be conservative. Like he has to be talked into being aggressive and it has to be like, wow, we are so good at, at fourth down on the sneak. Like that's I, I can't really argue with that. Um, I think I think that is his his inclination, which is interesting for a for a wide receiver background. But. The, the end of the half isn't as hard as it seems with the timeouts like you call the timeout when you have time left like it's that simple if there's a moving clock and you're under a minute what are you saving it for like right. the, the later you call your timeouts the less is available to you call right. plays like you can't run the ball now if there's 30 seconds left because it's going to eat two-thirds of that time like the call the timeouts when you have time like that's that's particularly end of half end of game because what otherwise you're wasting it hmm. um just to dive back on the uh like the the bickering stuff, the stuff we don't see, like the the day to day in the building stuff. How often is do you find that there is like contentiousness that that carries over? Yeah, I mean, I think it's natural. Like you're around guys from, especially with their schedule, which is twice as long as ours, from July until January, every day in high stress situations. A lot of times, telling each other things you don't want to hear. Uh, in order to help make them better. And so it's going to boil over. I think when you get into trouble is when you don't address things head on. You know, so you can't, I, it's hard for me to speak on the, the what's going on with the team because what are they doing behind closed doors? Are they calling guys in to meet with them individually, letting get them stuff off their chest? You know, I, I mean, I think, I would imagine there's a lot of that that is going on. Uh, and that to me is what, when the, when it spins out of control, when you don't address people individually, have hard conversations, you know, you you hear a lot of stuff like what happened with the Raiders this year. Like that, when there's a disconnect mm -hmm. yeah. from the head coach, I think that's when you have problems. This, you know, they show a video of the post game and he lost the locker room. You have no idea. You know, it's just of it's course. either it's either yeah. he, Nick's too fired up after the game, or he's too subdued now this week. Like it, it's not it's not going to please anybody. And he and 
to his credit, I don't think he tried, he just, he's himself, you know, and, and he's been that way from the beginning. Uh, and because of that, I, you know, I, I, I tend to believe that it will be good in there, and it has been. Now, I don't, because I'm not in there. I don't have any knowledge, you know, any further than you guys do. But the fact that you're going to be at each other's throats is not uncommon. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you're just, you're around anybody that much in those type of situations. It's bound to happen. And I, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, I would even argue, and I, I know it's not either or, but I would much prefer that than apathy, right? I, no I would much prefer someone who is, who is maniacally intense and he's, he's at your throat than the person who is thinking about going to Bermuda this summer, right? Like, I, 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 I want players who, who care enough that uh, when it's a high level, you know, if, if the reason why Hassan Reddick reacted that way was because they called a timeout and he thought he was going to get a good rush in there. I, I want that type of intensity from my player than someone who doesn't want to be in that moment is, is, is my point. Okay. Uh, what did uh, Nick say in his press conference yesterday, Zach? Uh, so Nick actually said that he had, that he thought he was a little too tense. Okay. And he thought that there are times he needs to kind of rein himself in. And so he, he did acknowledge that. I, I asked about body language. We've had that conversation, and it's been a, a phrase that I've heard fans and media members use. And Nick says he doesn't pay as much attention to body language as action, and he understands that body language can be interpreted as a form of action, but he's more focused on, like, the action of a person than, let's say, the body language of a person. Uh, as far as Jonathan Gannon, he was very— I'll say this. He was very complimentary. But he wasn't over the top in terms of, you know, he, he called him Coach Gannon. Uh, he didn't thank him for suggesting being the one to suggest <laughs> that Nick stop no, calling plays. No, and and just as an aside here from speaking to a few players and whatnot, I I, I think they're expecting this game to be personal to Jonathan Gannon. Like this. Oh, to Gannon. To Gannon. Oh, like yes. he's gonna pull out everything. Like game. I think they're saying, all right, this this might be a lousy. I mean, they're not saying this, but this might be a lousy Cardinals team. But this is this guy's Super Bowl, right? This guy, they they want to win this for him, and he wants to win this. This is this is one of those things where do you remember when uh, Ellen Barbary came back? <laughs> no, um, not, not that. I, I was actually going to say uh, Jeff Saturday last year, but actually it seemed like Nick took that game personal more than yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose when Nick went in there, it, it it could be like that when they wanted to get that one for Nick, who won that one for Frank. Uh, the players in Arizona probably want this 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 one for uh, for Gannon, but but that's presuming that they have his back, that they care about him. I haven't watched a lot of Cardinals film uh, this year, and I should be watching it this week, but I, I have not yet. My bad. That's okay. Not lazy. Yeah, it's okay. Don't blame I mean, it's, yeah, you're too don't you're blame too busy me. being late for the show. I'm too busy work doing my part of my job is being there at the facility reporting. <laughs> giving expert insight on this team. Oh, well, now all uh, of a sudden he's an expert. I would like to think, yes. If I'm not, why am I sitting in the seat? I don't know. You know, that's, that's no, seriously. Just, if, if, if you and I aren't experts on, on this team, why are these people giving up their time watching I'm us? so uncomfortable right now. I think the good looks. <laughs> the good looks. Well, you got that beard going. Yes. Uh, but, but, but that was the crux of what uh, Sirianni said. I, I, the, the headlines seem to be him him saying that he was a uh, uh, too tense and he needs to he needs to check himself a bit. Okay. Uh, also, by the way, Jalen Carter, he said he said 
Nick Sirianni said that Jalen Carter's lack of playing time or decline in playing time was not a result of the penalty, but was because they wanted to play Brandon Graham inside more, which strikes me as a worse reason. <laughs> I would want Jalen Carter on the field. Matt Patricia explained today that offensive linemen, there are different types of techniques, and uh, there are different types of techniques from the defensive linemen. And so when they see Brandon Graham, it presents them a different look than a bigger guy does. I've always looked at Which it like, they didn't do yeah, against the Seahawks. It's always but, like yeah. this. Like, who's more excited that Jalen Carter's not in? You were the opponent. Right. You know, they've got to be pretty excited when he's not exactly. out there. I mean, it's, it's not Well that, said. Yeah, it's not that tough. All right. Uh, if we don't have anything else on the Eagles, I want to give you a chance to talk to talk just the two of you talk Sixers because I know you, you <laughs> have like Sixers takes to get off each other's uh, chest. Well, there are more. I, I, I wasn't here for the, fir- the, fir- the first 15 minutes. There are more like Eagles questions and football questions that I have. I have four coach. Okay, go ahead. Fire away. Um, and like a general, a general, uh, I guess, wide receiver questions. Um, the Don't number pigeonhole him. He knows more than wide receivers. <laughs> no, but he, he is an expert at wide receiver, too. Uh, the number three receiver spot is a sort uh, you've heard our show. Yep. We've been talking about this. What would uh, I? I don't want to put you on the spot and say what would you do, but but like what should the Eagles do here? Should they value speed because it opens things up for everyone else? Should well, they? By the way, we haven't even meant, we haven't talked about it on the show this week, even though most people know it. They went from playing Quez the most of those guys two weeks ago to he played one snap yeah. in the last game, and 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 so that's one of those things where listen to what or I'm sorry, watch what Nick does, don't listen to what he says. Right. He says the other day they're they're they're. They're happy with, with Quez. He opens things up. But the rationale for Quez is always kind of the the benefit that it gives the other receivers. Right. Julio Jones, who I don't – I'll defer to you. I mean, he's Julio Jones. And then <laughs> – but OZ just does all these small things. You saw him blocking downfield right. on Devontae's touchdown. How would you manage those three? Yeah, I feel like the, the Quez argument would hold up better if the other two guys weren't already fast. Hmm. Like you don't need a, you don't need a guy to take the top That's off if you have AJ Brown he he can do that all by himself he doesn't need help and same with Devontae Smith like he, he gets himself open they get vertically down the field so I think that we all want that as an offense to have the guy to take the top off but I don't think they need Quez to do that they need somebody to generate separation get open over the middle win against a nickel like whoever's the best at that which I don't think Quez is that guy. Um, it seems like they try to make Dallas do a lot of it, mm-hmm. you know, that the tight end be the guy that wins one-on-one. Uh, but, I, like, I think sometimes, like, even on the pick six, like, is the best place for Dallas Goddard to be by himself running a speed out against a corner? Probably not, right? Like, you'd probably want him on the nickel or the, the will. Again, with hindsight, I got all the answers. But, I mean, Zacchaeus, when he's been in there, always done his good stuff. You know, yeah, with touchdown I, catch I don't on understand the why he's just not the guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and I'm not at practice and all that other stuff, you know, the same stuff that everybody else says, but... Like every time he shows up, with the exception of the kickoff return, which I have been in his position when you miss your guy or somebody shoves you in the back and it's like, oh my God, this is really going to happen now. Like it's, you know, it, that stuff happens and it's, it's avoidable sometimes, sometimes it's not. But I mean, when he shows up, he's doing something good. You know, when Quez shows up, he's usually not. And Just I think sort of running off the field. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, I don't think, I think you can get more out of that spot for sure. The the motion conversation. Uh, have you had this on the on the, on the show yet? In the we, we did, but we okay. can have it again. That's yeah. Fine. So uh, uh, Nick said that you that you typically do motion to gather information, but there's other ways to gather information other than than motion. Uh, it, are are we in the media and the fan base making 
too big of uh, I guess too big a deal about motion or is motion as 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 valuable as the McVeigh McDaniel tree makes it seem yeah I think it it helps as long as there's a string that threads the motion that you're using with the run game with the play action pass and I think that's what the 49ers do the best like their receiver screens they'll motion the guy to set up the blocks or they'll motion the guy to alter the box you can hand the ball off like it's tough if we're just gonna motion just for the sake of it like that's a waste of time but if it's something that attaches all those things together then it's great you know what i mean i think that's why you see a lot of guys wide open when a 49ers play action pass because they do the same movement that they did two seconds ago when they handed it off and then they threw a bubble and now they're doing the same movement and it's a post over the top everybody so i i think you, you as long as it's something that is a part of your offense is great if it's just you know changing strength and you're just doing it to do it you know it's kind of like the run the ball conversation you know if if you're good at it, you're going to keep running the ball. If you're not, you're not. If motion's a part of what your offense is, then you're going to utilize it. But you can't, it's, it's hard. Again, it's like the date and Mary conversation. If you're going to do it, it's got to be part of your core philosophy. And then uh, on, a, on a big picture perspective here, and we've spoken about this a bit in the past in our former show, and I, I hope we can speak to you leading up to the draft too, but I'm, I'm, I'm real into the draft and I'm reading these reports about how this is – a loaded wide receiver draft class. And I, I laugh because two years ago it was a loaded wide receiver draft class. And then before that was a loaded wide receiver draft class. Is this just every year now? And is it getting to the point where it's kind of the, I don't want to say it's, it's like running backs, but Yoshivash is a really good wide receiver who didn't go in the first and second round. And there's obviously your Marvin Harrison Jr. types who are so much, you know, so much more special than everyone else. But is that position just so loaded now that you're going to be getting good players day two, day three? There's a lot. I mean, I've gone – I've probably watched the top four or five. Like, you have Marvin Jr., you have Rome Adunze from Washington, yep. you have Franklin from Oregon who's great, Keon Coleman. Like, and it's hard. Somebody said this to me the other day. Like, you almost have to group guys in buckets, which I think has been boasting for years and years yep. and years, is – Old guys – Throw that bucket away. Oh, yeah, throw him away. Andre's old too, by the way, but that's not here nor there. Not old in football because he did track every year. Yes. But well, there seems to be more every year frontline guys. There really does. And I, again, I think it's it's the one skill you can work on without any risk of injury. You know, you and, and there's a lot of stuff that translates. But you can catch 500 balls a day and be great at it. Now these guys are they're above and beyond that stuff. But I I'm, I agree with you. Every year it seems like there's more really good players, and it's harder to differentiate between one and eight. Uh, than it ever has been. Do you have a Sixers take you want to get off your chest? More fun to watch this team? I, I'm now my son who's outside is is all in. Like he he's we've watched every game pretty much ever since he's been conscious. Um, last year, man, it broke me. You know, mm. like the the I was like game six in particular. Just what? the the not not just the no show on Memorial Day. Okay, you know, and I love Harden being gone. You know, Uber all that, but I'm just I'm not I'm not there yet because I, I'm. I got post-traumatic stress from it. You know, it's... I think there are a lot of people like that. Yeah, I just, you know, it's like, oh, man, Joel's the MVP. And, you know, like, again, we're going after this to watch a Delver Blue Cup. It's like, we're a basketball household. But it's, it's uh, by, by, you know, February, I'll be back watching every game. And then I'm just concerned that that's going to take me into the exact same spot I was in last year. you got May. some scar tissue. More than somewhat. Yeah, more than somewhat. My son doesn't. He's all in. Now, again, this is the same guy that... 
almost broke a paddle when Bo crushed him in uh, <laughs> ping pong a couple minutes ago. So. I respect that competitiveness. It's yeah, better well, than apathy. Yeah, he's, yep. he, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, what's, your, what's your Sixers uh, stand, standing right now, Zach? I mean, they're fun to watch, which for the regular season, I think is an important metric because playoff basketball is totally different, right? So what you want from a team in the regular season is you don't want to hate watch them, to use that term, right? You, you, you want them to be enjoyable, and this team has an enjoyable quality to it. Uh, I think there are a few moves to be made here. I'm curious what moves those are. You can always add more shooting. Uh, but overall, I, I like what I see, and just I, I watch a lot of NBA, not like Sixers uh, in particular, there are other teams this year, like the Timberwolves, for instance, who you're starting to see the league shift a bit, and size is so important now. Whereas I, I read all these stories a few years ago that uh, oh, it's a, it's a guard-driven league. Players like Jokic and Embiid are dinosaurs. Now you need big, like you need to throw bigs at, at these teams, and you need to be big across the board. A Minnesota, they have Gobert and Towns. They've they figured it out. They're 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 playing well with each other. McDaniel's gives them such like um, such length as a defender. They can bring Nas Reed off the bench as a backup big. If you don't have Nas bigs, Reed talk with if, the Sixers toss. No, I, I, my my point is, if you don't have bigs now, it's really hard to win. And there's some really good teams like Golden State, for instance, uh, who just look small and. We'll is, see how much that matters in the playoffs. But it, it, I think the the league has has shifted to you you need size, and I sound like uh, Marty Mordenweg here. Everything's cyclical. Everything is cyclical uh, because what happens, and it's the same thing in football, where if there's a trend and you go toward that trend, there's going to be a trend buster. The Baltimore Ravens play a different style of football than some of the teams that are in trend, and they have the best record in the NFL right now. So. I, 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 to the NBA point, you need size, and Sixers have size, and I, th I think they can keep adding there too. All right, last thing, Zach. Uh, everybody, I, I need to do this for Emily's sake. You had another day alone in the house. How did we do sleep-wise last night? A little bit better. Went to bed earlier. Okay. Okay, which was important. Because uh, you're not going to be able to sleep in. That's you, yeah. You, you was, gotta, you're going to have to just trick yourself into going to bed soon. Yeah, was was still up early, um, but. I, I had been a little negligent in terms of, like, the laundry and the dishes, and I was starting to feel like a bachelor. Living in that, that bachelor life. Yeah, I was starting to feel like it. The sink was piled up. I, 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 left, uh, I left a few things there that, that— Cookie crumbs all over the place. <laughs> well, I, I feel like Emily has the house bugged because I'm, I'm, I'm making the bed first thing in the morning. I'm doing things like that, right? Mm. And, uh, but uh, but that—so, uh, yeah, so I, I slept more— I'm hoping to sleep more tonight, but I, I do have some writing. I have to prep for tomorrow's show, and I want to get two or three good articles out uh, th this week. I sounds do want to like, make one point, like the though. Sleep is not coming. Back to what, what, what we were previously talking about with, uh, with the Eagles. And I, the beef I, between you two? Or? No, the, 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 the three of us. And I, I saw something in, in, in the chat before, like Zach's being an apologist. I promise you, I'm not being an apologist. But, I didn't know that I was. But tweeting. let me give you some perspective. We have Allie here. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay, we have Allie here from 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 All City, from our our, our 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 parent company. I'm pointing that out because the other markets that All City has, it's it's Denver, it's Chicago, and it's Phoenix. Okay, 
In Denver today, they bench their starting quarterback, their franchise quarterback. Your right? boy. Okay. In Chicago, everything's about the number one pick here, right? And I, I know that's not their pick, but they've been eliminated from the playoff contention. The Cardinals, the only thing interesting about them right now is that their coach is playing their former defensive court, is, is playing his, his, his former team. The Eagles, the Eagles are an 11-win team. An 11-win team. And the fan base right now is probably more upset than in those three markets combined. Now, I love that passion of Philly fans. Like, that's that's why I've been working here since 2012, and I wouldn't want to work anywhere else. Because, like, I, I'd prefer that to apathy. And there are, there are some markets that you just don't have that, that passion. But we've also covered 4-12 and 12 teams here. We've covered things when they were really bad. The Eagles are 11 and 4. They can still get the one seed. We're complaining about bad timeouts when they're up yeah, by bad two. Body language. Yeah, yeah, and, bad and, body language. And, and, and bad body language. Remember I like that when your we were complaining? To the accusation so, of being an apologist yeah, is to so, apologize more. So remember when, remember when their top wide receiver, their top wide receiver was Greg Ward or Travis Fulgham. They have two wide receivers with over 1,000 yards already. Their running back is going to get 1,000 yards this week for the first time in his career. Jalen Hurts <laughs> well, how many is going to Give me a break with this. Give me a break. The expectations, it doesn't matter. Those teams didn't enter the season with expectations of going deep into the playoffs. This team is assembled to be better. If if this team had those seasons, sure, it could be worse. We all know it could be worse. That's fine. It, It doesn't affect how we grade this team. They should be graded on a higher curve. They are paying more money. They have better players. They have a longer track record of, uh, track record of success. Yeah. That stuff does like, I don't care what's going on well, with the Chicago Bears. That Eagles fan shouldn't be happy because they get 11 wins and they might lose in the first round of the playoffs. That doesn't matter. Okay, my counter to that is even based on those parameters. They're probably going to finish 13-4. and four. They went 14 and 3 last year against a bad schedule. They're going to be 13 and 4 this year against a good schedule, okay? They're going to go into the they're going to have most likely two home playoff games if they win their first round game, they could lose in the first round, but set up for two home playoff games. Uh, and there's an outside chance of the number 1 seed. Things are not ideal, but I I bring up an argument that I made last week and I was thinking about this actually early this morning when I was awake, okay? And I I, I it's the sequence of games. The, the, the Eagles went on a bad three-game stretch. No doubt about it. It was ugly. We ripped them for it. They did not show well, up. For yeah, it. it doesn't sound like you ripped them for it. Okay. They, they, it's they did all not, about the results they did not show, So I'm saying, so they had a bad three-game stretch in December. San Francisco had a bad three-game stretch in October. Okay? They, they lost to... Uh, mediocre teams who were playing backup quarterback. You know, the Browns were playing, I think, what, uh, a DGR that day? Um, now, the Bengals was a good luck. They lost to the Colts, right? And I understand they had guys banged up. But my point is, it, no team since the 72 Dolphins in the 2008 in, in yeah, Patriots. Come on, Zach. You know that no, that's disingenuous. It's, it's not come on, Zach. I'm, well, I'm, I mean, what about the point differential stuff? Like, we know that this team sure. is not as good as their record. They are, like, they're a flawed team. Every team in the NFL this year yeah, is a flawed team. Give me like seventy-two Dolphins, as if like Prefer- this. Like, <laughs> give me a break. A co- a Coach Flynn's nodding his head. All you're when doing I say is this. apologizing more. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm telling you, Coach like, Flynn is like this is like a, an awkward like Thanksgiving no, uh, family yeah, this is, this, dinner it's, it's table conversation. It's much easier when we like, did this over the phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there wasn't these. I feel like you guys. Poor should, guy. 
we, we can we can come to agree that I think it's both. Well, we're not going to agree on anything, mm -hmm. but it it can be both to me. Like it can be, hey, there's stuff that's really got to be fixed that may bite them down the road, but you still you're still pretty good. You know, like I mean, there's it, are they as good as last year? No, but the, yeah. the the team that lost in the Super Bowl is never as good as they were last year. You know, they're in the hunt. They can they can still do some things. Again, I've, I've said the same thing like five times, so I don't want to beat beat a dead horse. Mm -hmm. But it, it's you would think that the record is much worse than it is if you if you listen to a sort of talk radio and or and, if you listen to what they do. They fired a coach two weeks ago. I mean, they didn't fire him. They, they, yeah. they, like, you know, promoted him upwards or whatever it is. But, like, I, I'm sorry. I cannot, I cannot see that they did that and that things are happening in the building like that and pretend, like, let's still be Pollyannish and, oh, guess what? At least we're not Tommy DeVito. Like... It, that doesn't I, matter. I don't think it's it's it, Pollyannish is a bit much. So like, yeah, they're, they're that's not, a they're not that's eight and eight. You know, they 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 beat the Dolphins. They beat the Bills. A point differential. You still won. It's not it's sure. not the Premier League. You know, where there's goal differential matters. It's did you win or did you not? So you can you can make any win look bad if you want. Uh, and the, sure, it's not perfect. Your stuff needs to be fixed, but. To Zach's point, again, which we've agreed almost entirely for the no, no, since he got here, you're you're way too reasonable. Yeah, this is why you're a good coach. It's painful, uh, but you'd much rather be this team than probably 28 yeah, or thank you. seven exactly. of the other teams. It's not perfect, but it's still pretty good, I guess. Um, that was way too optimistic, but I mean, they're they're you have a good quarterback, you have a good line, you're, you're and you're all about is true. Games. All of that is true. And, and you have home playoffs. Getting healthier, yeah. like I've said three times. Like, yeah. I mean, Landon Dickerson, can he come back? I mean, is he? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's. I, I think he'll be back. Soon. Yeah. yeah, Fletcher. I mean, how about Fletcher Cox just sort of like giving us the whole uh, injury report for the for the uh, week yesterday? Like, Avante's coming back, Cunningham's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Landon will be back. Yeah, I was great. in there today. That's what um, Brandon Graham kind of said the same thing because I asked Brandon Graham ab about this dichotomy between his perspective and uh, what we were talking about, like Devontae's perspective. And he said he's been in this league long enough that he gave the whole thing. It's hard to win games. He said every week is different, right? Just because a team has a certain record doesn't mean you're going to blow them out. But he said that they're building uh, for the right time. And he talked about how the defense is going to look a lot different when they get some of these guys back. And, man, uh, and we can get to it in tomorrow's show. I don't want to hold everyone up, but there's a lot of love in that building for Avante. And I, I, I don't know if that's misplaced because he is like he's a, he's a real likable guy and he hasn't been a consistent producer in two years for them, right? He's been on the IR more than he's played. Yeah, I don't think but, it, I, I think it's appropriate. I think the the yeah. uh, like the knocks on Avante is that, are that he yeah. can't stay healthy, which like that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have the love for him. When he's on the field, he is a very good player. But I, I I've had about four or five different players tell me. Avante's coming back. Like this is this is a big deal. Avante being back's a big deal. And maybe it kind of stabilizes your secondary. We'll see. All right. Well, we got we got plenty to talk about on tomorrow's show. Uh our last show of the week at noon. So check in uh for that on the PHLY Eagles podcast. Coach, thank you so much. Enjoy the blue coats tonight. Thank you for having me. Shouts Enjoyed to it. uh shouts to Austin. Uh Zach, thanks for uh, for showing up. <laughs> we appreciate it. And we will, uh, we will talk to everybody tomorrow. For all of us here at PHLY, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And as always, we love you. Mm -hmm.